This is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com. And the official Dallas Cowboys app. First down. Jason Witt is in the end zone. Intercepted. Sean Lee. Touchdown. Des Bryant. Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Taylor Stern, and Rob Phillips. Welcome everybody into the SWBC Mortgage Studio as we get ready for another Talking Cowboys edition. Always joined by Mickey Rob Brian right here in Dallas, Texas. I don't know if you can call it Dallas because we're technically in Frisco, but we're yeah. in North Texas. North Texas. And not only is it the home of the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to be the home of the 2018 NFL Draft because you can't have a casual Wednesday around here these days. Not only are the Dallas Cowboys preparing to for the 49ers, which we'll get into, Ezekiel Elliott avail- available for this weekend after the TRO was granted yesterday, so we'll get all into that, but we got to talk about the NFL draft coming down here, and a lot of people think it has to do with the original 88 having such a great performance in Philadelphia (laughs) and making it more of a stadium event now than just a theater, so what do you guys think of this breaking news? I thought it was expected. I, I thought all along they were going to get the draft this year. I think they thought all along they were going to get the draft. I know a lot of people thought, well, it's going back to Philadelphia. Uh, but I kind of like the NFL's idea of moving it around uh, and not get stuck in the same place. you got to bring your game to different parts of the country. You know, it's been on the East Coast forever. It went to the Midwest, and I don't know what you consider Texas, South, <laughs> Southwest. Southwest. Whatever. Uh, and, and, and I bet next year it goes to L.A. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's good. It gives everybody in the country an opportunity to do this. And, you know, I don't, it'll be interesting to see how they set it up at AT&T Stadium. You know, they keep talking about they had 220,000 people in Philadelphia because it was outdoors on the streets. Sure. Same thing in Chicago. Now if you have it at AT&T Stadium, it's kind of in a confined space. So – I don't know if you could put 200,000 people there, well, but you certainly could put 100,000 in the stadium uh, Abs- to, to keep an eye on it. Absolutely. You bring up a good point, Mickey, how they're going to set it up. We, In our press release we received today, it says the draft site will encompass the field, the stands, outdoor plazas, and creating an all-encompassing atmosphere and enabling more fans than ever before to watch their favorite team selection. Guys, you guys have seen Super Bowls hosted here, Final Fours, major sporting events, most recently the College Football Playoff National Championship. They do it big here in Texas. Yeah, they will. And, you know, that's the great thing that, uh, you know, the mini is the draft has become huge. And it's, it's, the, it's the, the three nights of all hope, you know. You hope that your team can get better. And so uh, no better venue than to give hope than to come to AT&T and see if your team, in fact, can uh, can put uh, three quality days together and maybe make your fortunes better. Or, uh, you know, in some cases, some teams that have success drafting make them even better. So I'm excited about it. I really, really am. I, I love the draft. I, I'm one of these guys that said this would be a great job if we didn't have to play games. I'd love this if it would just we could just draft all the time. That would be my favorite thing, just evaluate players and – and uh, work on the draft. That's what I would absolutely you, love to do. You got a draft show plan now? Well, actually, Derek and I were talking about <laughs> it. Yeah, we were talking about it, what we were going to do. And we're actually going to stick here in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. So, yeah, we, uh, we're a- access to the players. There it access is. to the coaches. Nice. You know, I don't think we can replicate what we did last year if we were at AT&T. I love the venue there and all that. But 
the fact we had Joe Baker in here when we were talking about picking players and he was kind of on and I don't, you know, that's nice to have that all over there. But you could have some call-in guests who are over there. Oh, most definitely. You got to have people in the studio. That's what makes it cool. Yeah. So, so. And, and the action still, you know, the war room is here. Yeah. So you're still right down the hall from. Yeah. You know where Jerry and everybody. Feel like I'm in the middle of it here. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm with you, Tay. I think I think Drew Pearson needs to be like the co-master of ceremonies along with Roger Goodell. What, what, I mean, that was the greatest rant I've ever heard in my life at the draft last year. Do you guys question. remember two weeks ago when we were talking about what Drew Pearson said about the draft and how he said it was so neat that they've been bringing back these legendary players to talk about it? Now we might be able to put a camera in that green room <laughs> and really see what's going on back there. They might not like that, but maybe we'll plan something. Uh, Mickey, you could host it. So do you think they'll – you know, the previous places where they actually had the draft was in a confined area. Right. And then you had all the people outside. Right. They've got an opportunity to have 100,000 people watch indoors what's going on. They do. On the field they where do. the team's representatives are uh, and where the stage is, right? Right. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but that yeah. certainly would seem to be the attraction that now you're just not watching it on a big screen out in Grant Park in Chicago well, or in the street uh, at the museum in Philadelphia. You're actually in the room where they're drafting. Yeah, yeah. You, you can open those doors, too. You can open the, the you can open the Will stadium. the roof be open? Uh, you can open the roof. You can open the stadium. You can do everything you want. Yeah. And you can, you can make access from that, you know, from, I guess, from your Miller Lite area in through the stadium and the concourse and the, the stands and stuff. And you put the thir- put the 32 teams on the floor. Right. That's what and, I'm thinking. And, and line them all up, have your stage there, have your walk-in, have everything you need right there. Uh, I'm sure there'll yeah. be a lot of things built in and added in, but it is. It's a great venue to to host something like this, potentially, because like you say, you can open it, you know, it's unique to a stadium. You can open it wide open to have the fans, the access in and out of what you want to do. They'll now be hosting a fashion show there now, too, because the players don't just wear regular suits when they're going to the no. draft. Nope. It's all about the fashion statements to be made. So it's going to be a spectacle. I it's, can't wait to see. It's the perfect venue for this because we talked about it right before we went on the air. It, the draft is bigger than ever. It used to be a little two-day deal. You knock it out over the weekend. It's basically, you know, teams huddling together and there's limited fan access. Brian now, did now interviews for Philly back in the day. Back in the day, Eagle Man. But, yeah, this is a national spectacle. Three days. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's the it, three it, days it, of hope is what it is. So moving around is perfect, but <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I would just keep it here every year. I don't think you can capture the spectacle, like you said, Tay, better than this. No. And if you think about it, when they when – they, I mean, they had the thing in New York. They would let people in, Radio City, Music Hall. Marriott it, but it was only a few people that yeah. could go up. A few thousand and, people, and yeah. The up, and that was it. Now you could have 100,000 people sure. actually watching it. And you had the big Why? screen up there, too. Make use the of screen. that Godzillatron, yeah. Yeah, you had the yeah. screen up there. You know what, as much as I love the draft being here, you know what one place I'd like to see it? Canada? No. (laughs) Okay. Close, though. Canton, Ohio. Yeah. I'd love to see the draft in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, like the future of the football starts here. Yeah. I mean, I think I I, I read where there was some thought of, what what are we coming up on, 100 years? The the anniversary, yeah, the 100 years of the NFL. Is it this next year or the year after Next Next season. Next season, yeah. They're they're pouring money into a renovation of that, right? I bet when they finish it. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe down the road. That's a great idea, Brian. I I love the venue here. I think it's it's a wonderful setting. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from Dallas and I love the draft. And I think that everybody, you know, it's a centrally located thing, too. If you're from East Coast, West Coast – 
Dallas being a centrally located city, you can fly from the West Coast. You can fly from up north. You can come and see your team draft. And I think that experience itself is cool. And I, But I'm looking forward to the day that the NFL has the draft in Canton, Ohio. Now, I really am. That's a great point. And in a day's drive, you can drive here. You, you, Absolutely. Atlanta. No, no, it's Orleans, great. Great venue here. Kansas great City. Venue. Great venue. Well, oh, I you're guess St. About- Louis doesn't count anymore, does it? You're talking about drives. The infamous shot that everyone usually sees from the Cowboys over draft weekend is the first round pick player getting off of the Cowboys bus. Now, will it be this night this year? Because he'll just be down the road. Maybe he'll be flying in on the helicopter. Yeah, there you go. Since that's how Jerry travels back and forth. Will help us out. Exactly. We should get that interview right away. I was just going to say, our press conference that night might not just be Coach Garrett, Stephen Jones. Yep. And Jerry Jones, it might include the first-round draft pick immediately. And to say, you know, this season, we don't know how it's going to go or how it's going to end. So many unknowns lying here. But I think it will make a difference in the excitement around Dallas if their pick is high or low. So... As far as what you always. think they'll have to strap Jerry into the seat in the war room, so, so you he have does, to stay here, so he doesn't go out to the stadium and be the grand marshal. Maybe move the war room to the stadium. Yeah. They have a beautiful war room. I know they do, but you got to yeah. put Jerry in the middle of yeah. it. Man. Yeah, it's, Derek it's, and I were show. talking about this. But Derek, this is business. Yeah, this I know, is, it, yeah, I know it is. Derek and I were talking about this. I mean, in like he's saying, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Hey, you know, I I think we have a beautiful studio. We had a good draft here with it." The coverage and all. We have the partners with 105.3. I know Mickey's part of that as well. So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of bells and whistles, but we're going to stay with what's tried and true and, and kind of hang in there and do what we need to do. Well, two years ago, the Cowboys did have a high draft pick, and they drafted Ezekiel Elliott, number four overall. Yeah. And he had an amazing rookie season, and now we're here where we're here. And everyone knows where we're here. But let's get into the legality of everything. Yesterday... The Southern Region Court of New York. Yes, Southern District. Southern District of New York Court ruled in favor of Ezekiel Elliott for his temporary restraining order to make him eligible for at least the the next two weeks, requesting an October 30th hearing to further advance this process. So, guys, get into it. He was not allowed to be here yesterday at the Star in Frisco due to the suspension still being upheld, but now today he will be yeah, I mean, is is you saw him at practice yet? Yes, he is there. He's there. He's there. So shaking everybody's hands. So let's get into it, Rob, lawyer man. What is this? Lawyer mean? man. Yeah. So it sounds like October thirtieth. That's how long this thing lasts. This TRO, and there will be another hearing. The judge who would rule on this, her name is Judge Catherine Polk Fela. Fela. Yeah. Fela or Farila. She's on vacation right Fela. now. So. What this other judge did, essentially, okay, go ahead, grant the TRO. That buys some time until she's back, have another hearing, because the NFLPA has also petitioned for another injunction that would be a longer-term stay of the suspension and keep Zeke on the field again for the foreseeable future. So what we know for sure is that he can play, practice and play this week against the 49ers. October 30th, I believe, is the next game against Washington. So that... That's a little unclear. It's got a chance. Got a chance. We know this week he'll be on the field. After that, we're not sure. Uh, but I thought Daniel Wallach, who's been on top of this, you know, from the very beginning, a sports and gaming attorney who's been on Twitter, very active on Twitter. He was on Cowboys Break this morning. And I thought it was interesting what he said. It's good information that even if this deadline passes and the TRO expires, 
all the PA has to do, Tay, is file for an extension of it uh, if this judge is still on vacation. So this thing could last, you know, at least a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then and then if he gets an injunction, who knows how long he's able to play. I mean, you know, we talked about the show yesterday. Mm, we don't really know this might be the end for him. He might have to take the suspension. Now it looks like possibly he might continue to play a lot more games. We'll see. Well, I think it, it raises the significant possibility that at some point, this thing's going to go to court to, to hear the lawsuit, to challenge the validity of the arbitration. And, and this was just the next step. I thought uh, what uh, Wallach said yesterday, talking about Judge Failure, uh, she is not likely to disagree with uh, Paul Crotty because he's the senior judge on, on that, in that district. Yes. So he's saying, yeah, she's probably going to say, okay, go ahead. Uh, I thought to try to simplify this as best I can. Okay. There there were two key points, uh, I thought, in the whole thing. Uh, The first one was the NFL's arguing that the league can suffer irreparable harm if if the suspension doesn't start immediately. Yeah. The NFL's saying no. Uh, you're not going to hurt anything, and the and players so, association, the player association, right. yeah. And so what it came down to, uh, he Crotty basically wrote this. Um, he said the NFL can impose the suspension over Elliott at a later time if the defendant's counterclaim for vacator is denied, meaning you can't go to trial. Mm -hmm. then you can start the suspension. In contrast, without a TRO, Mr. Elliott stands to suffer significant harm to his career and reputation that can't be monetarily compensated should defendant win the counterclaim for vacator. On balance, the defendant's hardship substantially outweighs the plaintiff's. You lost me. So basically what he's saying is Zeke, (laughs) Zeke can suffer irreparable harm if he doesn't have a TRO to see if they're going to allow this lawsuit. The league is not going to suffer anything, and the judge points out in the Brady case that basically he went through the whole season, and it was no hardship to the NFL because they can still suspend him the next year, as they did, right? Mm -hmm. So basically that was the point that the NFL is trying to act like they're going to be harmed if he's not immediately suspended. Well, and, and they, they know better. And I told, well, the, I said earlier, Brian, sorry, the, the PA turned this back on them recently and said, well, hey, you let him play week one, even with this hanging over his head then, you didn't suffer irreparable harm then. Right. So exactly. That's been a PA argument. And that and, and Brady. So the other point <coughs> was the uh, inherent fairness in, in the arbitration. This is it. This, and, is, this is the point. And the NFL saying, well, you know, we established this in the Brady case that you can't argue an arbitration. And this guy said, oh, hold on there. Yes. Not so fast. And and his his deal was when, when they brought that up, find my right paper. Look at here. all these papers. Well, I got it because this is what he wrote when they basically said Brady basically says you cannot do this. That's what the court said. And he wrote, 
That is wrong. Brady, too, acknowledged the Second Circuit has never held that the requirement of fundamental fairness, FF, fundamental fairness applies to arbitration awards under the Labor Relations Act. Brady, too, however, did not hold that court cannot review arbitral decisions for fundamental fairness. Brady, too, did not decide that issue. We need not decide whether the free-floating procedural fairness standard of the Labor Relation Act ought to be uh, imported to review all arbitration conduct. So basically what they're saying, just because it was okay for the Brady case doesn't mean that's the precedent that every arbitration case has to face because we can't do anything. And so basically they're saying there's three judges now that have said, when I look at the arbitration, Fundamental fairness did not occur. Yeah. And Mersant, uh, Graves, and Crotty have right. all decided. And that's where this, is, I think, is going to be in favor of Zeke. This is all about fundamental fairness. And if Zeke wins this case, this is going to be the, the, the standard in which other domestic violence cases are looked at by yeah. the league. Th- this is important. This is more than important about being six-game suspension in Ezekiel Elliott. The league is fighting – this right now because if they in fact lose this case Ezekiel Elliott's case will be that standard I talked about and there will also be some revision of what the Brady case was in that way and you know and that that's that's now important to the league it's not it's not about Ezekiel Elliott anymore it's about he's about going forward it's about going forward this is not going to be the last case. Well, no, because, you know, I brought it up yesterday. The Jarvis Landry case, someone had brought it up to my attention that it sounded very similar yeah. to the Ezekiel Elliott one. So I did some research on it, and I do want to look to just to be clear. But Jarvis Landry, him himself, that was bad grammar, but, you know, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> he was under investigation for domestic violence after he was uh, accused of pushing his girlfriend and he was found innocent in the courts. Right. Now he's still in, under investigation for the NFL. By the league, right. By the league. So you're it, right. It didn't go to court, though, did it? No, it, they it just, just got dismissed dropped. it. Yeah, right. it just got dropped. So he wasn't innocent. He just didn't get tried. Right. All right. I'm saying, I'm sorry for the bad technicality. I'm just saying that he's not being prosecuted in yes. the courts. So the fact of the matter is, Brian, you're right. This is going to affect his case. This yeah. is going to affect so many others. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is why the league is fighting. Because, again, you've got three judges that have lined up. And the fourth judge, Fela, has, she's got a shot to really to put this thing to bed. And, and, if, see, and if she does that, then, again, the league now is in trouble because they have precedent now of a case. And every domestic violence case can go forward because of fundamental fairness. Was... Zeke uh, was Ezekiel Elliott allowed fundamental fairness or was he allowed a fair fairness in, in hearing his case, you know, and now it's about the accusers, you know, having to make the accusers as witnesses, bringing them forward and all that, that could p- present a whole lot of other, other problems that you might not get people to step forward and want to go through all that. So th- this is, this is a very, very important case. Again, I, I think it's bigger than the six games. It was we're fo- we focused on that for the future. It's of, for the future yeah, yeah. of of what they want to do as far as proceed going forward. If other cases like this become a part of uh, the of what we've seen well, with the you know with and what Wallach tweeted out this morning was basically that yeah that what what's at at stake here is 
ongoing domestic violence cases yes. because the NFL does not have the jurisdiction uh, to subpoena the accuser. Right. And if the judges are saying, well, you should have to face, you should your, have accuser, to face your accuser, right? then they've got a problem. And guess what? To me, if that occurs, then basically the courts are saying, hey, NFL, stay in your lane. You're trying to do something you that don't you have jurisdictional to uh, ability to adjudicate. Absolutely. You're trying to do more than what the court system's doing. That's right. Now, you can figure out if the ball's deflated. Right. There ain't enough air in that ball. Right. Or this guy has been suspended or kicked out of the game for uh, illegal hits. You can have arbitration on that. But what you're trying to arbitrate now is basically a legal thing, and you don't have the ability to be able to do it right. There you go. So, well said. to me, that's what's at stake right now. Absolutely. Because you can't keep doing this. They right. should have never got into the business of trying to do what the courts— Judge and jury. Yes. You can't do that. They don't have the, they don't have the power, and they don't have the ability and the investigative people that people in the legal system have to look at these cases. Take a deep breath. We're going to get through this. Well said. Mickey's two minute. Mickey's two minute. Well, let's He's take absolutely right. a minute. quick little break here in the SWBC Mortgage Studio. We'll be right back. We'll get more into Ezekiel Elliott, and we've got to get into the 49ers, so stay tuned. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8 with an infinity edge-to-edge screen that's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have TV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you this is talking cowboys tommy john tommy john sorry tay gives you the feeling of freedom where it counts with a contour pouch that nestles the boys with over three million pairs we've put in the hustle to make sure you're nestled shop exclusive cowboys underwear tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys 
There you go. Hey, I didn't even pick it out. I just took whatever card was on the top. Yeah, thanks for that one. We're talking about serious matters, but, you know, guys, always a good reminder, Tommy John, best (laughs) underwear in the entire football league and the country and the universe. Get the socks, get the undershirts, get the underwear. And then you get your hustle on. Someone's wearing his socks Got the socks. Very good. Brian Broaddus is wearing them if you're watching us. Yeah, watching us. I got my Santa Claus can be wearing those. Yep. Yep, Can't very, wear those Giants weeks, though. Very neat. So, so you know, we just got into everything, Ezekiel. If your guys' brains are hurting, join the club. Because <laughs> this has been a roller coaster. I think Mickey has killed about 500 trees trying to understand it all. And I don't blame you because there is so much to digest in this situation. Now, now you have to ask a 22-year-old to focus on football. And I think, you know, a lot of people, it's very easy to say, well, once you get on the field – that's easy, but you know there are different things that are going around that are affecting this team because of this. And you know, Brian, that's what you've talked about as far as you know your different, not necessarily argument, but stance on taking yeah. the suspension. Because sure, I mean, and I'll just throw this out there: Do you guys think that Dak and Ezekiel Elliott are seen together as much as they were last season? And I'm not saying outside of here. You know, are they able to associate as much? How is this being handled? How is this affecting the locker room? It's hard. Yeah, I I would speak more to Zeke's perspective, like you just said, Tay. What? How tough is it for him to be sitting at home yesterday while the team is meeting and going through walkthrough and all that and not knowing w- what your situation is and then have to turn around and switch gears and say, all right, I'm playing this week. I wonder if after a while that takes a mental toll. Now, he probably would say otherwise, and I can't get in his head. But and he's I th- a professional. So. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, Garrett has given him a lot of credit for the approach hasn't changed. But I just wonder, after a while, if it's just like it just kind of wears on you a little bit. Yeah, well, Garrett's message today was control what you can control. And I think that's true, especially here. You know, they, they really don't have power to do much. They're just kind of at the mercy of whatever happens week by week. But, you know, this – I mean, if I'm Darren McFadden, it's like, am I playing this week? Are you playing this week? Who's who's here? You know, is he even allowed to be here? It's more of a, a taxing strain than I think people are really focusing on because, you know, Mickey, you're right. If it does get pushed back and just like the Tom Brady case and that can get handled in the offseason, that makes a huge difference to the entire team. Right. You know, if that can be handled in the offseason compared to right now – Huge difference. Now, yet to be seen, but he will be playing this week. Will travel on the road to San Francisco. So I think the benefit is he didn't miss a practice because we talked about that yesterday. If he'd missed a week of practice and then he's all of a sudden he's eligible, then, then what do you do from a from a game planning standpoint? But to have him miss a meeting, I don't think it's that big a deal. They're getting into the meat of their preparation now. So that's good for this week anyway. It is. So let's get into this week. Sean Lee back at practice, a sight for sore eyes after he's missed two games with the hamstring injury. We didn't get to see much, but what was it? What were you guys able to see a little bit or think that he's going to get work in today? Good thought there. Oh, I think he goes right back to yeah. where he was doing. And, you know, before practice, he uh, would work on the cords, make sure that hamstring was stretched out and warm, and it's time to go. Yeah, I don't think they really, you know, he's like you said, Tay. He's missed a couple of games. They need him to. Mm-hmm. They need him to to come back. There, there's, I mean, that's that's an understatement. What I just said, but you know, him and then also Hitchens. You know, I asked Jason Garrett though at, in the walk off today about run defense. 
you know, he says, hey, it's just not one thing. You know, they talk about fits. They talk about, you know, technique. They talk about, you know, playing assignments. There's so many things that have, that have gone on in this run defense. And, you know, that's the great thing about the bye week. You're able to identify, you know, hey, are we coaching it the right way? Are we teaching it the right way? Are we are the players getting the message? Are they yeah. are they are they doing what we are asking them to do? There's so many things when you're having those issues. You know, and, and they realize, I mean, his answer to, to us in the media was, I thought was very good. He said, hey, you're not going to like my answer, but I thought it was a good answer. You know, he's talking about all the things that you need to be good at in run defense. And they've struggled with that. They, you know, it, it's, it's not just, hey, the defensive tackles or the defensive ends or the safeties or the linebackers. But having Sean Lee back with Anthony Hitchens, you know, taking Jalen Smith out of the mix, at least where he has to play a full-time role, I think will help. But overall, you know, it, again, it's going to be about it's going to be about assignments. It's going to be about execution, and then you know, it's going to be about finishing. And if they do all those things, we've seen them. Jason Garrett said this: we've seen we've played some good run defensive times. We've been able to coach that. We show that. We take that example, and that hey, this is our teaching. This is how we do it. And you know, so the players have to not that they have to buy into that. They just have yeah. to do a better job of doing what they're what they've shown on film occasionally at times this year. And it'll help. And he, I mean, he just kind of glossed over it, having Sean Lee on the field. Yeah. Let's not minimize that uh, or forget how much they missed him. You know, I was reading an article this morning on Carolina with uh, Luke Keekley. Right. Uh, missing. Concussions. The veteran, the veteran safety that they just picked up from San Francisco, was it? They, they Like a 10, 12-year veteran and okay. he got he was talking about what Keekley on the field meant to the defense. Right. How he goes, when I got here, he goes, I went in the film room and I watched with him. I wanted to learn what he knows because he knows everything. And he goes, and as much as I spent in there, I still got on the field and said, God, how did he know that? That was and, a Bethea? Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh and and he was and it made me think. Right. That's Sean Lee. Right. And they missed that. Right. And they got a bunch of pups. They don't have a veteran safety there to, you know, to kind of say, okay, now I, I can see what's coming. And and so I think a lot of that stuff that that maybe Jason was talking about is you get a little guidance from your veteran linebacker right. might help you get in the right gap or you know, yeah. do the right thing where you're supposed to do it. Uh I just think they missed him an awfully, awfully I'm not gonna say that's gonna settle everything. Because he obviously it's got on help, the field it's got against help, Denver, yeah. but uh, I just think they've had so many moving parts in there uh, that you finally got to get settled. And, and now it's like, okay, I think they're settled on Crawford playing right defensive end. Now it's like, okay, what do we do inside? We saw David Irving. Is he better there? We talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Is he better there or is he better at the three technique? Right. Collins uh, at the one. Um you know, that, that's what they're going to have to settle. Yeah. And then how they do their rotation inside. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, so much to talk about today. Well, Rob, you want to tell us what's going on with Tyron Smith? Uh, not practicing today. Not and, to worry, though. Well, I, <laughs> to me, there's concern. Just that, And I know to some degree they're being cautious with him and trying to rest him and make sure that back doesn't continue flaring up. Um, and, you know, but he missed two games last year. I don't know how directly related it is to last year. But he missed some time in training camp. And just when you have a, a big guy with a back injury, it can be a chronic type deal. And so they've got to think about 
contingencies there. You got Chaz Green, you got Byron Bell. Um, but man, he's the key to that offensive line in terms of the blind side. It sounds like it's got to be something they can't fix. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And 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 it sort of reminded me of, you know, the end of and, and I'm not trying to compare Troy Aikman. I'm, yeah, I'm being careful. Yeah. But yeah. What Troy had at the end, basically, sure. they couldn't fix. Uh, you know, Charles Tapper, whatever he had, they couldn't fix. Couldn't fix. Or they can't fix. Uh, so it's something you have to manage. And I think that's what they're they're trying to do right now with him to make sure that he's ready to play a game the best uh, to his ability. Yeah, we've seen him take Wednesdays off. I mean, even last year, they started trying to manage things. I kind of thought when we saw the Green Bay week when they took him out, I'm thinking – okay, this is just a day, and then it turned into Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Then I was like, my gosh, this is not something that you just kind of say, oh, he's going to be okay. But I believe Mickey's right. And I, with backs, you just don't know. You just don't know if he's going to wake up you know, one morning and say, man, I cannot, he can't move. You know, and that's, that's the problem that you're running into. You know, here's your all-pro left tackle that you have to have. I mean, you have to have this guy. And, and so, you know, they're going to do everything they can to try and manage through the season. And if it means not practicing and only playing games, I mean, that's going to be a rough way to go for him. I mean, he's an, he is an all-pro, and he knows how to play in these games. And, but practice is important to him as well. And, you know, if he can't do that and just play in the games, well, you know, they're going to have to have somebody ready. They're going to have to have, whether it's Byron Bell or Chaz Green, somebody's going to have to be ready at, you know, to just get as many reps as they can because you just don't know if, if it's going to make it through 75 plays or you know two, two three plays in, you're going to be, well, well we have to go to the backup here. Now you've, got, you've got Cooper, I think, settled in at left guard. Yeah, so that, the, that sounds like that's going to be the deal. So the question is, does that, yeah, I mean, is, is it better now for Chaz? Okay, he can focus on being that swing tackle, and that's the guy you go to. If something happens with Tyron, I don't, I don't know because he he played pretty well at left tackle in those two games last year, and that's his natural position. Maybe it's a better played well against Forty ers actually. Yeah, maybe it's a better fit for him. Um, but again, I you still want to see continuity and improvement in that interior situation, that left guard. So maybe with some bye week, maybe maybe Cooper can take ownership of that spot. So do you think Tyron Smith's condition? Had something to do with them deciding that Jonathan Cooper's the left guard. Yeah, I, I, the more I that you don't have to make two moves possibly to solve one problem. Yeah, that's that's one of those questions you need to bump into somebody in the hallway here at the Star and kind of ask and see if if in, if that's the case. I I don't I don't discount what you're saying there. I, it's like hey, you know, Chaz Green. You know, I know they felt like that he was one of the best five, but now it's I feel like that it's well. Maybe his best position is le- is tackle, and so you now let's keep him fresh. So if we need him now, I, I, I'm again hearing things, seeing things. It looks like they're going to split time. I mean, with with Green and with 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 Byron Bell at left tackle. So I don't think they're totally sold on saying, "Hey, it's Green's job." If something happens, but uh, you know that's kind of where they're at right now. Man, did you guys think there would be this much uncertainty on the offensive line going into this season? I mean, yes, it, you know, left guard and right tackle was pretty much cemented with Lyle Collins, but the uncertainty there has just kind of continued and perpetuated throughout the season. Well, the injury, the, ba- the, ba- the back concern yeah. has, has hurt. 
And, you know, and Mickey, Mickey's brought this up before. And he said, hey, they just need to play better. And, you know, what, what we didn't project was that some of the guys that, you've, that are all pro players maybe aren't playing their absolute best right now. That's where we're spoiled a little bit. I watched that game last year, the San Francisco game. Blocking was unbelievably good. Pass protection, you know, I mean, they were running the football or big holes there. And so you're like thinking, man, where's that group? You know, but yeah, it's, it's Doug Free and it's Ron Leary and it's, you know, it's, but the guys like your, you know, your center and your, your right guard, you know, they, you need them to play a little bit better. And, and, you know, that they're, they're clearly capable of doing that, but they just haven't played very well as a group for the first five weeks of the season. Yeah, well, before we get to our final break here in the SWBC Market Studio, let's go to the phone lines. We have our favorite friend of the show, Philippe from France. Bonjour à tous. Please forgive me for, for my broken English at times. Uh, as usual, I'm going to be a bit long. Please, uh, minutes, please Philippe, other sorry. listeners, uh, I would be calling for hearing me. Uh, I couldn't... In- interact live the last week because of duty uh, because of duty uh, but I tried to cut up on, on all the shows on the website uh, I wish I'll be able to tri- to make the trip down in Dallas to attend the draft and maybe meet you be sure I'll come down with some of the finest uh, Bourgogne French wines to share with you Sounds you're welcome good to in, me. Uh, you're welcome anytime if you want to make that trip. You got a free pass to uh, come to the star now. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, just just one thing. Uh, the right pronunciation in French of the earring, uh, as it is in English, is bon. The C at the end is silent. Oh, in bon? Thank you, Philippe. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, for the history, uh, it's a reminiscence of uh, the way the so-called guilty had to face the, uh, his judges who were sitting on the bench on the platform on the, during the inquisition area. So, uh, I'm going to rant a bit. Mickey, you complained about, uh, about uh, a play in the last 49ers game. What about the DPI on Gronkowski where the Jets cornerback got flagged for uh, when the quarterback cornerback was just blanking him? And what about the blatant OPI where the, that tight end extended just his right arm and should have been called for, uh, for it and not getting flagged both plays at, happening in the Jets' end zone? The last one, allowing the scoring of uh, the deciding tight end, TD. Uh, and see, uh, what's, uh, when, Tom, uh, when Pat's Tom Petty uh, yells at the ref, no flags whatsoever. I can't Are take care of the me? whole. I can't take yeah. care of the whole league. I can yeah. take care of what's going to uh, possibly affect the Cowboys. <laughs> there was a lot of things that okay, went wrong for my couch on Sunday. Yeah. Your name. 
You want to pass it to the next generation as cleaner as you got it. Sure. But the team's T-shirt says fight. Right. So I say, go fight, Zeke. Yep. I'm sure all owner, coaches, all right. staff members, players, all people involved in the, the organization and fans are, are having his back. Go fight for your rights, for your own name, and the right to pass it as clean as you got it. Now I've got just two quick questions. Okay. With we'll... all pros only, and and let's say uh, underestimate underestimated uh, Anthony Hitchens returning to the lineup. How do you envision the defense going forward? Second, I know it's early, but uh, draft scouting already began. Okay, thank uh, you so much, you Philippe. And you've got to know, it's, it's very hard in France to follow college football. What are the best la uh, left guard prospects to watch that may be a, uh, that may be available for the Cowboys in next year's draft. Thanks for taking my call, being so patient with me and sharing your thoughts. Have Bonjour. a great day. Go Cowboys. Bonjour. Go Tigers. And the uh, teaser in me says, sorry, Mickey and Rob, I don't know about today's ma alma mater. Bye. Bye. Bye, Philippe. Bye, Philippe. You're a Lobo. Hey, and I'm an a Aggie Lobo and two and Tigers. Tigers. Well, hey. Remember those questions. We'll get to them when we come back after our last break here in the SWBC Mortgage Studio. We'll be right back. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge -edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. This is Talking Cowboys. Do you guys know why Papa John's pizza tastes so great? Why, Mickey? Come on, it's the ingredients. Just like the veggies. Wine. You know, they're delivered fresh, whole, and never frozen. And the pepperoni, let me tell you, it's 100% pork and beef. And made for Papa 
and made to USDA standards. No fillers, absolutely not. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Good stuff. There There you go. Before we get to Philippe's questions, let's get to your poll questions, Rob, because that was a good one that can talk a lot about getting ready for this game this weekend because, yeah, there's there's a football game the Cowboys will be playing on Sunday. There is football. Football's back, and I just picked four names. Four names for the Cowboys post-buy that could have an impact for the Cowboys down the stretch here. Cheeto, Bryce Butler, Jordan Lewis, Ryan Switzer. Which player do you think could have the biggest impact for the Cowboys after the bye? Would I have two on defense, one on offense, and special team slash receiver guy? Who do you guys think? Wow. Switzer, Awuzie, Lewis. Fourth guy, I'm sorry? Butler. Butler. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Got a vote? Anybody? Lewis. Jordan Lewis. You win? 58% of the vote. Followed by Bryce Butler at twenty percent. You wonder maybe could he be earning some more snaps offensively after the way he's played. So then Awuzie and Switzer got really nothing then. Uh, Awuzie fourteen percent again. He's been injured. Switzer eight percent. You know he's a guy. How do you get him on the field unless you're taking Jason Witten off the field? And there is that. So, but punt returns, field position. Switzer could cause cause people to punt maybe more often. There you go. That's the. How trick. about that? That's the trick, right there. How about there. that? I, I'm telling Not you what. Off. If, if they if, if they had if they had Switzer last year, with the way the defense was playing, getting off the field on third downs and and you know keeping people you know not giving up big plays and not getting gashed on the run, Ryan Switzer would be the guy that has 58. percent I'm serious. How I, about I, that? He could be. You know. Okay, we got the fumble. We got the fumble punt. That that's that happened. But I look back. Look at the way that Arizona game went. You know, once Arizona had to start punting, you know, Chris Jones was punting, you know, punting Dallas out of trouble. But Switzer was making Arizona have to pay for their their bad punting. That 21-yard return he had in the first half against Arizona is one of the might be one of the biggest plays in the of the year if it turns out because he finally got them in a short field, broke the ice, that offense couldn't get anything going in Arizona, and mm-hmm. it was a huge field position play for them. No, it absolutely was. And I felt like, though, with you know, only 8% there, that's that if, if, they, if, if Mickey is, is absolutely right, punt more, and all of a sudden Ryan Switzer becomes a difference maker. And I guarantee there's folks out there, oh, yeah, Broadus, he's out there, difference maker for you know, fumbling the ball and – but no, he he has that kind of ability to flip the field for you. I think it has something to do with the fact that offensively, he's probably not going to see many snaps. He's gotten some jet sweeps. They've tried to get him going in the running game. Uh, but as a receiver, you know, there, there's only so many balls to go around. Well, if if you didn't have Ezekiel Elliott playing yeah. in this game, then it then it becomes okay. The running backs we all talked about, and maybe adding some jet sweeps, tosses, whatever you want to do to to Ryan yeah. Switzer to try and. The kid has is a dynamic player with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I'll tell you another one too, and and it's a shame that Awuzie has been hurt. It's a shame because you watch him in the Green Bay game at safety, he looked pretty comfortable playing in that in that spot. Oh, he did. Yeah, and and you watch him from the middle of the field run to the, get to the outside to make a tackle, making tackle. You know that that's what you want to see. Lewis has been Lewis is easy for me. Lewis is easy to see because you see him making plays, which is great. But Butler. You know, finishing some plays. Maybe you're right. Maybe he does get some more work over 
what we've seen with Terrence Williams. Finishing plays, that's what he well, has to keep doing. I forget how many yards, plays of 20-plus yards he's gotten, but it, it's so important because it tries to back off for this running game a little bit. Stop Helps loading it. the box a little Helps bit. Helps it a, a, a great deal. Mickey's got his pen out going to the stats. What are you looking at over there? Well, I didn't count up how many uh, possessions they had, like drives. Right. But I did count out the number of possessions that started at least at their own 40-yard line. Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's got to be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 drives at least, and only six were the 40 or beyond. Or beyond. Yeah. I mean, you're starting in the hole all the time. They are starting in the hole a lot. And, and as a matter of fact, only one of those six occurred in the last two games. Here's the starting positions uh, in the Rams game. 20, 19, 25, 25, 14, 25, 25, 21, 25, 25. Well. So, well, San Francisco's got a field position weapon, too. Their punter's got the most punts inside the 20 in the NFL right now, 15. Yeah. Now Chris Jones is More than Chris behind. Jones? Well, he's played one extra game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just think that, to me, that all those people that you named have a shot. I mean, they really do. That's a that's a great poll question because yeah. every, you know, with the exception of maybe a Wouzier, you know, he's he's it's it just it, it it wasn't a full on poll. I mean, they had fatigue, you know, and it tightened it, up it, on it him. tightened up on him, yeah. and, and and so it might as well have been pulled because he's not not playing. But you know, he he's another guy that's got some size to him that can cover. You know, he just can't get on the field or stay on the field. I think the answer to, part, to that poll is who's going to get the opportunity to make a big difference. Yeah. And I think it's Jordan Lewis because we know he is on the nickel defense right now. He does. He's and plays, they're playing so much nickel lately. He's, he's learned He's earned his letter jacket He's already. out there. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Butler's going to split those snaps with Terrence Williams the, right. the way they've been. Everybody says, well, can he get more? Well, he has gotten more. Right. They're, they, they're kind of splitting them. Yeah, but the punt return job is Switzer's. And if Cheeto can stay healthy, I think he can work his way into a rotation at safety. With yeah, but, but the and punt Xavier return. Woods and whoever. But the punt returner, it's not all on him, right? They don't hold anybody up. He nope. can't do anything. Nope, that's fair. You know, and, and they haven't done a good job of blocking for him. No. So, I, I mean, he's not a magician out there. Yeah, it just reminds me so much of when we had Desmond Howard returning punts in Green Bay, that if you get a dynamic guy that can shows that he can bring the ball back 12, 15, 17 yards every time, <laughs> and you might break that occasional one, the blocking appro- uh, improves. Like, the guy doesn't want to be the guy, oh, my God, I missed the block. That you know, If we just got that one block, it would have been a touchdown. You don't want to be that guy. Sometimes, like, you, you know, the fumble, I think, really affected Switzer. And here I'm talking a lot about Switzer here. But I think the fumble really affected his, like, okay, I've got secure, you know, that aggressiveness that you want. You need to get him back being aggressive again. And the and way you do that is, is you got to get him started. Get him started. Get him yeah. started with the ball in his hands yeah. instead of him having to sit there and look at the ball and, then and look at two guys avoid coming somebody down yeah. on him yeah. and immediately have to avoid somebody. Right. Just give him a couple steps to yeah. he can because fu- he'll see it. Yeah, but man, you got to get him going. Yeah, what a great poll today, Rob. Thanks, no. Tay. 
appreciate it. It is very good. And just to answer really quickly, Brian, fully passed, you know, where can people start their draft scouting? Yeah. They can't get a lot of. Yeah. Dane Brugler was talking about there's a kid at Notre Dame and the name escapes me right now. Left guard. There's a guard at Notre Dame. Yeah. A a guard at Notre Dame that people are looking at as a high. I, I don't think, you know, that. I think he was looking more for resources, like where he can go. Maybe Dane Brugler is the. Oh problem. no, yeah, yeah. Following Dane and all that's good. I mean, you know, he he's the one guy that talks about the draft every single day, and then he and then he talks about players to watch and stuff like that. But yeah, but it, his left guard is evidently from name I can't remember the kid's name, but I know it was from Notre Dame. So maybe Philippe can check out Notre Dame's roster left guard. No, they're not going to draft a a true guard. Hi. How do you know? It ain't going to happen. How do you know? Zach Martin. I've Zach got, Martin. I've got 29 years of that. Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel. So and that's why. That. Yeah, exactly. They already did it once. Okay. I think. It was- and when was the other time they did it? First round guard. Was John Nyland a, a, a first round? I don't know if he was first round, but yeah, that's that's going back. It's going this way back. Second round, maybe. Yeah. Larry Allen. Right. Oh, that was a good pick. But they saw that he was a Hall of Fame player. Rob and I were talking before the podcast, and we were saying, you know, it's a shame that there aren't players in college football right now that kind of have the effect of Johnny Manziel and the way that he was able to be bigger than college football because that draft, if that draft had been hosted here at at and Stadium, oh. and Steven basically having to restrain Jerry. Cowboys on the clock. I don't know if Jerry could have done it because what Mickey just told you, they're going to have to hold him back from even going down to <laughs> Stadium. Now you got a chance to draft Johnny. Isn't that the Shazier draft, though? Didn't they weren't thinking yeah. to draft Shazier? Yeah. Shazier went like one or two picks. Yeah, Blackwell right? told me they had the card filled pick. out. With it was it the said, pick before. Yeah, they had Shazier's name on a card. It was done. And 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 they were getting ready to hand it in, and, and they took him, and then Robert had to go, woo give me that back. Which, which, which – <laughs> Debunks the story that yeah. they had to strap Jerry down from handing in a card to yeah. Manziel. We're watching it on the on the cam, sure, war cam, and yeah. that wasn't the case. Great Stephen story. Stephen did though. tell me it's though, a wonderful story that they were very interested in Johnny Manziel. Absolutely, oh, that's were, fine, but they yeah. weren't running up there with the card yeah. and had to Jerry sit down, put that card away. The technicalities <laughs> that Mickey lives out, but he can I know. kind of brush them on his way. <laughs> Because he said that you know they're gonna have to hold back Jerry. I'm gonna physically watch Jerry in the war room. This you should. Week. You learn a lot. See it. Make sure that we're looking at that. You learn a lot. We got a Twitter question specifically aimed at you, Brian, but sure. you guys answer too. What does Brian mean when he says a linebacker is quote unquote physical? Which of our linebackers are physical and which aren't? Yeah, Brian. Yeah, the physical line. A guy like Sean Lee to me is a physical linebacker. Because what he, but he's also a fast flow linebacker because how well the physicality of it is the tackling part, getting to the ball, getting off blocks. You know, you can't allow yourself as a linebacker to get blocked, especially in this scheme. So, you know, I think it's, there's some, some times that we've seen Jalen Smith be physical at the point of attack during, tr- during training camp and then some of the preseason games. You know, stepping up in the hole, be physical, take on a block, get rid of the block, and then make the play right there in the hole. You know, those. You know, sometimes you get linebackers that will just run and don't want anything to do with any type of contact. They just want to run to the ball and then, you know, and and be athletic enough to beat you to get there and make the play. But I think the linebackers, like I say, I I don't necessarily think that – I'm trying to think of linebackers that really don't – Well, Damon Damon Wilson, to me – 
doesn't really want to take you on. Even though he plays Sam linebacker, he wants to run to the ball. That's his big thing. So, you know, you look at guys like Jalen, you look at Wilbur, you know, guys that are willing to use their hands, play with their hands, and then get that's, – that's what makes Sean Lee so good in the scheme is the fact they got him at that Will linebacker that he's so quick to when they try to get him, he just he's just so grab and go. I mean, that, it, instead of fighting and then having to reach to try and go make a play. Physical, physical jam, get off, and then get to the football. You should have been able to answer that question. What about physical linebackers? Yeah. yeah. I just love it when fans just say, this one's for Brian. You yeah. should you you grew you up that one. watching one, didn't you? Yeah, Brian Urlacher, for sure. There's there's yeah. your physical linebacker. That's a physical linebacker. That's a that's a take on shed and then then get to the ball tackle Mexico's finish. Mexico's finest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was hey. gonna, I was going to say Dick Buckus, but then it's Illinois. People don't know who Dick Buckus is. Probably I know who Dick. Who are you? Is. Ray Nitschke. Oh Ray, good old oh, Ray. Good old Ray was great in his day. Bless up Ray. No, I think that's great. I think. See, they don't what? study the game. <laughs> they don't study who he, the who game. Did he, who did he play for? <laughs> You know who Ray Nitsky played for by any chance? Yeah, put me on the spot, Brian. Uh, I'm just going to ask. Well, we can ask Rob, too. Rob? Green Bay? Green Bay? Yeah, very good. Hey. I We watched tape of I, him the other day. I thought you were going to guess. I really did think you. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I thought you were just going to guess. Yeah, Tommy John underwear, the best <laughs> that you guys can get right yeah. in here. Yeah. Yep. The greatest. But Tommy Nobus. I mean, let's just start naming all these random Atlanta. Guys. Atlanta Falcons. Now that, one's, that one's over my head. The only thing I'm excited about is that Navarro Bowman will be playing for the 49ers this week. There you go. (laughs) And I'm not excited about this, but it's just it is what it is. Eric Armstead won't be playing for them as well. Yeah, defensive end. That's a big loss for them. By the way, broken bone in his hand. Yeah, that is a big loss. Moving to IR. Yeah, he's He's officially moving. He's he's played very well. You watch the tape that 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 San Francisco has, and uh, number 91 there. He has done a a really good job. You know, with the scheme change and things like that, though. But uh, I I really, uh, man, I tell you what, that's a tough one for them because, you know, that's that's one of those down linemen. You know, that's the way it goes. His backup Aaron Lynch also hurt calf strain, so they're they're dealing with some struggling up there. Not it helps that you can just work Elvis Doomerville into the well too. I know that we're getting to the 49 We're almost there at the very we're end getting there of the show, and we're gonna have to stay tuned for more of that tomorrow and Friday because we are out of time. There you go. Hopefully, there are no major NFL announcements between now and then. So join us then. We'll keep you up to date. Stay tuned to everyone's Twitter account at Spax52. It's one of the greatest. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!